Now the word compassion is obviously the key word that we need to look at here tonight. It says in verse 36, he was moved with compassion. Now I had hoped that Dr. Douglas would be here tonight because I wanted to demonstrate that I I still remember one Greek word. And the Greek word for compassion is a very difficult one, very difficult to pronounce. It has a whole bunch of consonants, and to get your tongue around it is really difficult. But I'm going to attempt it. Splang omudzi. It is a difficult word to pronounce, and it means to have the bowels yearn. It means to be full of pity. It means to be stirred in concern for a soul. Welcome, you are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. The people that we are most attracted to are those who understand us. They care, they take time, they show their interest in our lives. People say that the best conversationalist is the one who listens well. They will ask questions and probe deeper, but allow the person to do the talking, and thereby, by showing interest, love, and concern, we draw them into our friendship. The one who truly loved and truly cared was the Lord Jesus. We are exhorted to cast our cares upon him because he careth for us. As we read through the gospel accounts and learn of the life of the Lord Jesus, we find that that great heart that was in the Father, which sent our Lord Jesus into the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, the love of the Father, the heartbeat of the Father, was also in his Son. And it is played out in his perfect life and ministry. Every person that came to him with their problem had it answered. The sick were healed. The dead were raised. And The gospel was preached to multitudes, and there were many who believed and received the message of the gospel. Now, this comes down to what we call this word sympathy. And today we're dealing with how the Lord Jesus was moved with compassion. Now, this is what 
attracts us to Christianity. This is what makes the gospel of the Lord Jesus so precious and so powerful, because it's personal. It comes right into our lives where we are at, and it meets the need of our souls today. And as we go forth to preach the gospel to every creature, yet it is to the individual. And I want to just say to you today that the Lord Jesus is the Savior that you need because you need a personal Savior. You need more than just one that is the, the blanket care of all humanity. You need the Lord Jesus that loves you, cares for you, and will save your soul and one day present you to the Father in heaven. And so, to learn of the sympathy, the pity nature that was in the Lord Jesus makes him most precious. And I want you to learn of that today, because how can I invite you to believe on the Lord Jesus? How can I invite you to trust in him and give over your whole life to him? If you don't understand the grace and mercy, love and pity that is in the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. So please stay tuned and listen to this message today on the sympathy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we've been on a track on the studies in the life of the Lord Jesus. We looked at the Lord Jesus satisfies. We try to deal with cliches. They were not just following little trite statements that you adopt from another Christian. The Lord Jesus really satisfies the souls of believers. We have learned that he is all-sufficient because he is truly God and almighty. Last message, we learned that he is totally sinless. And the angels came and worshipped him and we too can worship and adore our Lord Jesus because he is the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. In these verses we've looked at here this evening, we learn of our Lord's sympathy. And the message tonight is about how to enjoy the sympathy that is in the Lord Jesus. Now, our Lord loved people even those with whom he had no personal contact. We're told here in these verses, if you look at verse 36, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Now, there may have been individuals that he would have rubbed shoulders with. Perhaps they came into his father's carpenter shop. Perhaps he met them on the roadway at some point and would be able to identify some. But the multitudes right there, and when the Lord saw them scattered and fainting, his heart was moved with compassion. And he loved them while they were unlovely. They were scattered, which means that they were cast down. These were a depressed people. They were in danger of fainting. It's very easy for us to love lovely people, people that have their act together, 
people who are whole, who are healthy and strong and making it in life uh, independently. But there are people that are hurting, people that are really losing their way, and they're cast down. Do we really reflect the grace that is in the heart of the Lord Jesus? We know here that our Lord wanted these people to be shepherded because he would have us pray that laborers be sent into the harvest. He didn't want them to remain scattered and fainting, but he wanted them to be cared for. Now, you can apply that to any community. You can apply that to Enniskillen tonight. And when you go to the stores and walk the streets and you meet dozens and dozens of people coming and going, the Lord wants those people shepherded. He sees them scattered. He sees them in trouble. And he sends us to be shepherds to care. Now, the word compassion is obviously the key word that we need to look at here tonight. It says in verse 36, he was moved with compassion. Now, I had hoped that Dr. Douglas would be here tonight because I wanted to demonstrate that I I still remember one Greek word. And the Greek word for compassion is a very difficult one, very difficult to pronounce. It has a whole bunch of consonants, and to get your tongue around it is really difficult. But I'm going to attempt it. Splang omudzi. It is a difficult word to pronounce, and it means to have the bowels yearn. It means to be full of pity. It means to be stirred in concern for a soul. It's gut-wrenching sympathy. And that was our Lord Jesus. Now, in the Gospel of Matthew alone, this word comes up a number of times. While the Lord was healing the sick, while he was feeding the 4,000, while he met two men that were blind. He had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Now, it was the power of the Lord that healed, but it was his own inner compassion that moved him to heal. You remember those Bartimaeus and the blind man sat on the way, and they said, hush, hush, They had no time for them. But the Lord said, let them come, bring them to me. His heart was full of compassion. And that's the Lord Jesus whom we worship and serve. He is all compassion. He cares. Someone has well said that nobody cares what you know until they know you care. And that's what pastors and ministers need to remember. The Lord sends out, calls us to pray for laborers to be sent out who will shepherd the troubled 
fainting sheep. And for this reason, we have truly a wonderful friend in the Lord Jesus. And when you're in trouble, and every hour of every day you have a Savior who is slow to wrath, but quick to bless, and who comes to our aid in any time of need. Now, in the time we have, I want us to talk then about how to enjoy this sympathy that is in the Lord Jesus. And the first thing I would suggest is that you need to meditate on the sympathy of the Lord Jesus. I don't want Jesus to just be a slang name to you. I don't want it merely to be a name that you hang in your home, perhaps, or that you talk about, but you miss the character, the real compassion that is in the Lord Jesus. Now, talk to yourself that Jesus is compassionate because the whole basis of the gospel is to comfort. I want to take you to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. It says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith the Lord. Now, I looked into the Hebrew word on that, and it has an element of sorrow. It is to feel sorrow for the troubled and those in need. The word comfort, then, is to extend a hand in sorrow. You may try to console someone in their bereavement that have lost a dear one, And you would say to them, I am truly sorry for your trouble and your trial. And the genuineness of that is conveyed. Our Lord Jesus was sent to comfort. That's his ministry. He came into the world to enter into the sorrows and the trials of this life. Now, while we're in this passage... Isaiah 40, and if you look at verse 11, and as we think of the Lord shepherding the flock, it says, Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Do you see the tenderness, the shepherd's heart caring for the lambs? Now that's a reference to Jehovah. It's a reference to the Old Testament people facing Babylonian exile in the future. But it certainly was fulfilled in the Messiah, the Savior. And when our Lord Jesus was ministering on earth, he fulfilled that same sympathizing spirit as he ministered to the people and saw them scattered, cast down, when he saw them fainting. 
And so our Lord Jesus is compassionate because that's his mission. That's what he came to do, to comfort, to minister to the broken. Now the Lord is a compassionate Savior to pity. And in Psalm 103, we learn of the pity that is in the heart of the Lord. He is as a father that pitieth his children. And you remember the the mirror we talked about? The mirror that's on the floor of that dome that reflects all the painting and the text of the ceiling. The Lord Jesus has come to reflect the heart of his Father. And the God of grace, the God of the Bible, is a God of pity. Psalm 103 tells us that. And our Lord Jesus demonstrates that in his ministry over and over. He is compassionate as our great high priest. We're told that in the book of Hebrews, that he might be a merciful high priest. Where do we point the brokenhearted? What do we tell the person who says, I need help? I need mercy and forgiveness. We talk to them about the heart of the Lord, that he's full of mercy and of tender pity. The Lord is also compassionate because of his knowledge. He knows where we're at. Sometimes as ministers, we don't always know where our congregation, our people are at. We don't expect everyone to divulge every trial and trouble. And these days, with quick turnaround in hospitals, people can be in for a day surgery even things that used to be very major. And they're in and out, and and, and the minister may never know. And so there are many things that men don't know, but the Lord knows. And he knows every trouble in your heart, the great things and the little things. The other thing about his knowledge is that he understands the horror of temptation that attack and assault upon our minds and hearts and testimony. The Lord Jesus has been there. He took a human body that he would be tempted in all ways, in every aspect of life as we are. Without sin, we learned that. But there's not a trial that he does not know. And he has truly been in the trenches that we might go through. Now, the word sympathy, we need to think hard about it. What does it mean? There's another word that comes up that's really a cognate or a synonym, empathy. And I usually have to get the dictionary to check myself that I got it right. The difference between sympathy and empathy is that with sympathy, you are trying to console someone, but you've never been there. With empathy, you've walked where they walked. You've been in that pit where they are now in trouble. And the person who perhaps has gone through cancer or a car accident 
broken bones and pain and recovery and all those things. How much better to talk to someone that has gone through a similar or the same thing. Our Lord Jesus understands. He's omniscient, all-knowing, and he's altogether human, and he's been in this world in a physical body to endure the trials and the temptations of this world. Now, the question always comes up when a Christian's in trouble. It's like the disciples in the boat when the winds and the waves were washing over the boat and the Lord Jesus was asleep in the vessel. You remember the question that was up? The question went up, Master, carest thou not that we perish? That's the big question. And as you go through the deep trials of life, you're going to ask that question. You're going to have that question in your heart. And of course, when the Lord came, was on deck or stood on deck, calmed the wind and the waves and took them to their destination, there is no question Jesus cares. He truly cares. Peter said, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So we need to consider, we need to meditate on the genuineness of the sympathy of the Lord Jesus. Will you do that? And please do it before you hit the troubles of life. So often a Christian is ill-equipped when crisis comes, tragedy comes, and then they lose sight of what the Lord can do for them. But this is our Lord Jesus, full of compassion, truly. Now, the next thing I want to suggest is that we need to take rest in the sympathy of the Lord Jesus. It's one thing to know about it. It's one thing to observe it, perhaps working somewhere else. But you and I need to personally take rest in the Lord Jesus. How do we do that? Well, consider him, we're told in Hebrews 3.1. Consider this great high priest of our profession. Keep looking to him. But also we need to come in prayer. This has been a week that has been focusing a lot in prayer. Why do we pray as Christians? Prayer is the unburdening of our hearts to a ready Savior who is full of compassion and cares for us. Now in Hebrews 4.14, and that's a key text, and I want you to look at that one with me. Hebrews 4 and verse 14 Always like to give time to, to find the place. Seeing that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Verse 15, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Wonderful. So what do we do about it? It's the so what question. 
Well, verse 16 is the answer. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That's how we find rest in the sympathy of the Lord Jesus. The word boldly, by the way, is all out. All out prayer. Putting it all on the table. All your troubles and trials, spreading them out before the Lord and praying them through that the Lord might come and strengthen you in the midst of them. Pray to him, knowing that he is the same compassionate Lord Jesus as ever before. Nothing has changed. Knowing that there is no problem too great or too small. We have to learn as Christians to pray on the little things as well as the big things. We can find great joy and great peace in bringing the little things to the Lord Jesus. There's a time... You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. I hope that that message has touched your heart and that you realize there is one who cares about your soul, that you need not perish in your sins, you need not carry the load of sin, you need not go the way of destruction to lose your soul. There is a Savior who is loving, caring, kind, and will receive you when you turn to him. God sent his Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. And what you need is personal faith to trust in the Lord Jesus, to call upon him, asking him into your heart, and into your life. And so, if you feel the burden of sin and realize that you're guilty before a holy God, that you need that burden removed, the way to come is by repentance, to confess your sin, hating it, and seeking to do it no more, praying for the cleansing power of Jesus' precious blood. Now, if I can be of any personal help, I'm here for you. You can call me or you can send me an email. I will be delighted to send you this little booklet called A New Beginning that will show you what Christ can do for your soul, how he is loving, kind, and gracious to all who repent and turn away from their sins. This book is called A New Beginning, free of charge to any who call or email. Or if you would like 10 copies, we can send you 10 for $25 in the meal. We look forward to hearing from you. I pray that this gospel of the Lord Jesus will enter your heart today. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music.